You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Welcome to the show. Uh, Sid Talk was hurrying me along. Welcome so. to the show. Welcome to the show. Isn't that a song? Welcome to the show. Is that, like is, that. It, is that bio? <laughs> Somebody screams a lot. Like Welcome Alice to the Cooper. jungle. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Maybe. Anyway, um, uh, it's snowing outside. No, it's not snowing outside, no. but it has been snowing a lot this week. Yes. I have shoveled lots of snow this week. I have a blister on my thumb. Oh. You've shoveled snow. A little bit. I actually feel like garbage today, and I think it's to do with shoveling snow. You shoveled a lot of snow. Um, You're yeah. not an outdoorsy kind of guy, but for a couple of days, I think you I've got. I think I've got a. <laughs> I think I've got a cold. But I think it's inside me because I, I, I feel super sweaty and I have all day and it's not co- it's not warm. You get bloodshot eyes and a headache, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. And so. me with my lingering cough, we're quite a pair. But yes, we were very snowed in there for one day. We had a lot of snow this out. week. Uh, not to exaggerate, but it was a lot of snow. I mean, the most snow I've ever seen in my life in one place. No, we had more a couple years ago, remember? It was 18 inches, in, or 16 inches in one night. This time have, was like 15, I think. With that, with those drifts, though, I've never seen yeah. snow as deep. I mean, we was around the back of the house. His shed, it was halfway up the door. And the yeah. door was, what, six foot? So three foot of snow, like, with a drift. Which is a lot of snow. That's uh, not how much it snowed, though. That's just a drift. No, but the snow that I was digging was that deep mm-hmm. everywhere. So we managed to get out of the snow. Well, only just... You managed to get out, um, and I think there's more snow coming, apparently. Yeah, well, it's winter, you know. When I was a kid, back when I was a kid, winter started, I'm not kidding you, there were times when it snowed on Halloween, Well, right? That's October 31st. And then it would sometimes be snowy with drifts, and school was canceled all the time, and shit like that, and like snow was everywhere, and slushy streets, and it never got warm, and then all the way up to Easter... What's that? April, May, March, April, May, around April, there. Huh? Clear into uh, sometimes Easter, there would still be snow on the ground. Now, well, that was, and I remember the snow drifts up to our windows of our house. Uh, my mom, my brother out shoveling snow out of the driveway. So to me, in the last 10, 15, maybe even 20 years, winter kind of is like, oh, it snowed a couple times. Oh, we had one ice storm. So this is like a solid winter. In England. You think, oh, England's probably freezing and stuff in winter. And it is. It's a pretty cold place. Not as cold as here. You would think we would be used to snow, but if we get, like, two inches of snow in England, we all panic and (laughs) everybody's talking about it for weeks. Oh, like us. Like we're still talking about ours. Yeah, but, I mean, 18 inches, if that happened in England, (laughs) they'd they'd think the world was over, you know? So We are surrounded by water, and not very far from you are countries like Spain. It blows over quickly. Yeah, you don't don't really have, like, we're in the center of a humongous landmass that is just south of a very large, very cold landmass. All right, so... That's the the weather report. But <laughs> we have no predictions. That's the weather report brought to you by uh, Ascoli dot com. How did it affect us? We on, didn't really care. To on be a, on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, I'd rather um, talk about the weather. So um, I'm glad Manchester United won. <laughs> um, go Man U! Way to go, Reds! Go Man U! I'm sure there wasn't even a team that wore. I'm wearing like scarf in honor of the team that I love. <laughs> 
the pink, yellow, green. <laughs> oh, right. I don't love any team. That's right. All right. So, yeah. Um, well done, Manchester United. So, um, moving so on. So, we've just succeeded in talking about the two most boring fucking topics. Weather and, so- weather weather and, and sports. Oh, yeah. my God. All right. So, let's get off the weather and sports topic. I was just thinking, you know, when there was people on Facebook, Facebook is an actually interesting link into this week's movie, but people on Facebook were talking about their Super Bowl. I was thinking, well, our Super Bowl Sunday is in two more weeks when it's the Oscar yeah. Sunday. Yeah. That's kind of our Super Bowl Sunday, isn't yeah. it? So we can't diss them for having, a, having something because we have the same I don't diss them. They probably at sit and diss us. Like, Who wants that? Yeah, I don't, I don't care about people liking sports at all. What I don't like is that thing of you're not watching Super Bowl? Why? Yeah. Well, I'm watching a movie. Ugh. Why are you watching a movie on Super Bowl Sunday? That's stupid. What's the point? I mean, literally, you get that shit from so many people. It's ridiculous. And then you're like... Well, then I, don't, you get, I don't even then understand you, the sport. Then you get it passed on to someone else. Yeah, she's not even watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, she's not... Like, Why what? would I have all my sports? Yeah, and you know what? On Oscar Sunday, I'm not going to be going around going, You're not mm. watching the Oscars? Mm. <laughs> I don't give voice. a shit. Like, that's what bothers me. Not the sport itself. I love when people are passionate about something. I don't like herd mentality. But I like when people really get into something, have a good day, have a good get-together. But it's that exclusivity thing. Like, if you're not with us, you're against us. That kind of shit. I just don't it's like It's the that. most watched thing ever, so it's not exclusive at all, is it? It's the... No, it's exclusive. It's totally exclusive. Because if you aren't one of them, you're excluded. Good. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, um, Facebook. Moving on to Facebook. Moving on to the show this week. That was the longest intro I've ever done. Five minutes into the show already. This could uh, go on a while. <laughs> so, all right. Sunday, February the 6th, 2011. This is after the show number 158. Holy uh, crap. And like I said, Facebook was an interesting tie into this week's movie because we're reviewing, seen as it is Oscar season, the first... Um, Academy Award nominated movie we've reviewed this year, The Social Network by David Fincher. This is a Blu-ray release that we're looking at. It's a 2010 movie, nominated for eight Oscars, which is pretty... What are they all? I couldn't name them all off hand, but um, music, um, I Jesse... Main guy, you know. Um, is that David a category? Fincher. Main guy? Yeah, David Fincher, <laughs> best movie... Etc. You know, the biggest categories, right? Uh, I think... No, I don't... Supporting actor, hopefully. I think he is. For that dude. Oh, he's good. So, um, moving on... Yeah, eight eight Oscars. DVD release for this movie was the 11th of January, 2011. It's on Blu-ray and DVD. This is a two-disc Blu-ray set. It doesn't include the DVD, unfortunately. Just the Blu-ray version. But that's fine for me. I don't really care. Um, It's from our friends at Sony... But this one's provided by me because I bought this. As a, um, mm. You know what? One of the reasons I bought it is um, I'm a big David Fincher fan. Love his movies. Secondly, the Blu-ray was quite cheap. fourteen ninety nine for a two-disc Blu-ray. That's pretty good, I think. Plus, it's like a really nice set, which I'll go into later. Anyway, uh, can we have the synopsis? Really? You're going to ask me for the synopsis? Of The Social of a Network. Face, a, so, a movie called Social Network about Facebook. The Social Network. Right. A movie called The Social Network. Not The Facebook. About The Facebook. It used to be called The Facebook. It's about the beginning of Facebook. <laughs> That's you like The a creation of the Facebook. The creation of Facebook in the Hollywood manner. 
And underlying there are themes of friendship and betrayal and lust and sex and blah, blah, blah. But it's just that. The creation of Facebook. Mm. I'm not going to say a court case, but a deposition. But that's just the end result of those things. It's kind of how this movie's told, though. But, um, all right, move on to the movie. What did you think of the Social Network Academy nominated The Social Network? (laughs) I don't give a shit about the Academy nomination. What I do think is I had a fantastic time. I thought it was really good. I mean, every single bit of it, I know before I go into any movie based on anything that's supposed to be a real story, that it's a Hollywood telling of the story, right? So I don't go into it going, oh, that's how it happened? <gasps> I'm assuming there are some grains of truth. It's based on a, not a book, based on the thing... Now, that can only be from the telling of other people, and, you know, history gets twisted as people retell it and retell it. But it taps into, absolutely, this one very basic thing that I caught on to very quickly was his motivation, and maybe it was a movie fabrication, but a real-life thing of, in life, people come up with these things that change the world for, you can't, you can't bottle it. You can't find a reason. In his case, in this movie, it's motivated by a bit of being scorned and maybe rejection and maybe getting one up on people when you know you're smarter than everybody and yet you keep getting put in your place a little bit. You know, there's always somebody up there to push you down just a bit and he wants to one up everybody. I like the one scene uh, in the movie where he um, genuinely. Somebody asks him something, and a spark goes off in his mind, and where he has to run yeah, back yeah, to, yeah. His, to yeah. get it sorted. It's, yeah. it's, it's the actual uh, concept of um, Paul, uh, me, A. Scully is in a relationship, or A. Scully is married. It's that concept um, on Facebook to let everybody know your. You mean the moment that someone somebody asked him, it and he decided to add somebody that asked feature. Him, somebody comes up to him and says. Uh, you know such a girl in, in such a class. Is Do you know if she's dating anybody? And he's like, holy crap. Right, like, and there's, that, there's the a creation of the idea. I know what that's like when I have a specific idea for something I want to draw or like a little thingy I want to write. You you have to get to it or it's gone. Like it's literally gone from your brain. And he and rushes so across brilliant. the campus yeah. to... Uh, it's such a brilliant moment in creation of things. So I really like, yeah, there were so many great moments. My God. The friend who's just loyal beyond question and who kind of is a doormat and yet it's always brewing that there's, you know, it's an imbalance in the relationship to a very severe degree, but he hangs on, you know, hangs on, hangs on. I love, that's I a guess, good, big, strong I was going to say, I guess this is like the little known tale. I mean, everybody knows Facebook, what it is, by going to the webpage and using it, because a lot of people do, right? I mean... Obviously. You don't think it's from people, though. But you don't think... No, you don't, do you? You <laughs> no. don't think of corporations. That's you think people. somebody pl- pulled a hard drive out and plunked it in and go, Oh, look. Look what's on here. I mean, Let's it, share it with the world. If you think of any corporation, Microsoft, all you think of is Bill Gates. That's the only face you see in your head. Major Nelson, maybe, if you're into gaming. You don't think of all those people... I don't think of Major Nelson. <laughs> I'm talking if you're a gamer. He's a Microsoft... Yeah. Um, mouthpiece or whatever but he didn't do anything no but um, this is what I'm getting at all you think of is like the face of the company the logo the colouring of the branding or whatever you don't you definitely don't think behind the scenes I'm going to be the first one to say and I'm probably lots of people are going to agree with me to me Facebook isn't a company 
It's a website. Yeah, it is a company. No, it's I mean, more than a website. No, but to me, it's not a company at all. It's nothing. It's just a thing where you click on stuff and you type in shit. There's yeah, no- but that has to be created. I know, but it's not a company. Maintained. Yeah, I totally agree. But to me, it's not a company. All the companies are the things on the side and all the ads that we block and all the gazinga and all that kind of shit. Those are the companies. Facebook is like some mysterious floating around. It's but, just plugged but in a server somewhere. think of all somewhere. the people that it takes sure. to make it so you can make a list of your Mafia Wars friends as opposed to your normal friends and make that work and make mm-hmm. recommendations work and make, oh, look, here's one of your friends. Maybe you know this person. All that stuff is like... There's a lot to a site like that. I mean, and it's created from the ground up. They don't just buy a pack and plug it in. And right, it I just don't think of it as a company. See, I, I do. And I do feel that big companies like that, and the cover to this um, Blu-ray sums it up, branding the colour uh, of the logo. I mean, that's even yeah. though it doesn't say Facebook on that movie, yeah, yeah. you would think that was Facebook, <laughs> yeah. just from the blue bar across With the top. With the white words, yeah. Yeah, so it's... They're faceless companies. They are, they almost are. So when you do get a story of a behind the scenes, true or not, I yeah, mean, yeah, it gives you more. Now, now when I go to Facebook, I think of this movie. It's like it's a yeah, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> it's wrong, really, because We're very I, brainwashable. Aren't it is. Well, I'm saying it's wrong, really, because I'll go to Facebook and I'll think of um, Jesse Eisenberg as Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Je- you know. Um, I won't think of the real Mark Zuckerberg. I'll think of this guy. Right, playing, yeah. You know, so it's a twisted view of reality that we get. Because we want to talk about an ADD society. We're not. Not only are we, made, you know, in history, we as films have been made over the last 150 years, right? Or 100, whatever, 110 years. Um. Yeah, somebody made a movie about Caesar, and somebody's made a movie about George Washington, and somebody's made a movie about John Adams, and somebody made movies about slavery, and all these things that are removed from our time. And as Schindler's we, List. As we move, yeah, but as, yeah, and it, that was even just, you know, years ago, and Saving Private Ryan, and then you get a little closer, you've got, well, you have Titanic, which was obviously 100 years ago, almost, and then you get, like, Vietnam movies, so that's get a little bit closer to modern times, and then you get... 9-11 movies, which are just a few years ago, and now you're getting this, which is like, the dude is only just older than this guy, still doing the same shit. He's not even, it's not even like he died in a plane crash, or he's, he's 100 years old now. Exactly. And you're ma- we're making, we're like, oh, we gotta know the story now. Don't wait 10 years, because no. we'll be done with it by then. Facebook might be gone, and we'll be over it. Maybe so. he'll be a crazy, weird drug addict in 10 years, or uh, yeah, not a millionaire, any billionaire anymore. And um, then we'll have another story. Yeah, I only mention it because it actually was on my mind a lot during the movie that I'm watching. Almost like I'm, real life is... Ca- the movie's catching up with real life or something. And yet, it's it's also funny to <coughs> watch the life story of like a 20-year-old person yeah, exactly. who's <laughs> a billionaire. Like, before the life even starts, I mean, they, they just get out of college. Well, they're in college. Exactly. And they're a billionaire. You know, it's hard to fathom, but it happens, doesn't it, you know? The, well, only once. He's the youngest billionaire He's the, the youngest billionaire, but there's lots of millionaires from other... Con- obviously, there's lots... Hot or Not was... <laughs> God, Hot or Not is um, covered in this movie also. Briefly. I remember when that started. I remember somebody coming to me and going, have you seen Hot or Not? And I'm like, no, what is it? And 
you know, in those days, it was it felt like there was very few web pages, just home pages, GeoCities. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And then there was this hot or not thing, which is really lame, but I'd never seen anything like it. And I was like, it was like, it wasn't in this movie. They concept it well. Originally, it was like just people from these colleges. But when when I got to see it, it was like Angelina Jolie, and it was all kinds of stuff. And I remember thinking, well, this is kind of, well, I like this one, I like this one, you know, doing it. Time waster, it. time waster, yeah. Yeah. And that became a phenomenon thing, but where is it now, you know? It was a... It was one-dimensional. Yeah. But... Whereas Facebook, yeah, as, it's as very, shown in the movie, it's truly motivated by some very primal things. People are nosy, people are desperate, people are lazy, you know? It's easier to sit at your computer and click, click, click to find out if somebody's dating or what the party was like instead of me going to the party and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's like, that's why something like Hot or Not fizzles. It's one-dimensional. There's nothing to it. Even MySpace, which has all the different things, maybe it took it too far or something. I don't know. But I, What I'm wondering about in the movie is the portrayal of him, the main guy, being like such... Having no like, because at the very you know, in the movie, they kind of. I'm thinking of that end scene in particular. Mm-hmm. Make him seem kind of sad. Mm. Now he's man of the year, Time magazine, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, I can't see him as a dude just sat there like in this miserable like. I can. I no, I I, I, I can't. I, the only reason that he wouldn't. I don't be portray that. I don't. I mean, I don't. To be pulled out into it not because he projects himself into the world but that because of this stuff he's being dragged out into the world now so I'm sure I'm sure you can go and look uh, public record right um, for company. the legal stuff so you could go and look at the legal uh, stuff no not if it was settled and all that oh you couldn't it says settlement no if it never went to court or anything no. it didn't did it go to court it just, I, I don't know according, no, well, to, the according to the movie it didn't because they were like here's a deposition Here's a settlement. And then here's the settlements at the end. Uh, an unknown amount. This, Otherwise that, we would other. have seen it on Court TV. Yeah, exactly. So that <laughs> we would is, still be seeing it on Court so TV. So what happens in that room... Stays in that room. So there was, there's no documents that anybody can look at. No, it's not public record. Right, so that could be completely farcical then. Sure. I mean, it could all, none of that could have been said or done. Right, so you just have to pinch your salt, don't you, with it. All you do know about this movie is Facebook exists. This guy did create it. Whether he stole it idea from somebody or not, who knows? Yeah, because you can't say. <laughs> so really, only those people know. But all that aside, for me, the ride of the movie I enjoyed a lot. Oh, totally. Because they they were. I know real technologists will be like, "Oh no, they skirted over so much." But no, when he yeah. was when he was talking at the beginning, I thought it was really. There's a, it's an awesome scene at the beginning, which is set to Trent Reznor's awesome score. Where he starts, comes home, gets the beer, starts typing on the com- typing into the blog, but actually doing this, making this hot or not yeah. type. Um, talking about how to cra- uh, talking about it. how he got into the web. It's all plausible stuff because I know a bit about that stuff and Perl scripts and Bash scripts. He was talking about the correct stuff. If you get what I'm saying, yeah, it was yeah. no Hollywood. But you're not super geeky. I mean, you're smart. Well, I, about I it. do watch a lot of that stuff. I do know. What you do. You just you're not so super protective of it, like super nerdy no. people are. I mean, you're nerdy. But what he was saying was nerdy enough 
for a non-nerdy audience to be completely lost by it. Yes, but, like but, perf- but perfect, because that audience should be lost by it. Because this guy's talking way above what yeah, they yeah. understand, right? So I liked how that went off. Because I was understanding some of it, getting the gist of how what he was doing. Whereas a normal audience would be like, he's hacking? <laughs> he's typing really fast. <laughs> and there's windows on there with black yeah. and white text. And I don't know what that is. Yeah. You know? So um, I really liked it. Uh, I, I, in fact, I love this movie. What's your favorite part? Do you have a favorite part? Um yeah, I do actually. I have a, well, a couple, a few. Yeah, me too. One of my favorite parts. Can you have more than one favorite? All, all right, I think this is my favorite part. Um, when they meet the Sean guy from Napster, when he comes to the restaurant. Yeah, that's a good now, one. They're in the restaurant waiting for. I mean, the uh, Mark Zuckerberg guy knows who this guy is because he founded Napster. And they're having a meeting, a dinner together. And when he comes, I, I the only way I can explain it is it's like he's a whirlwind into their life. Yeah. Like, their life's pretty... They know what they're doing, kind of. They're just going along. And this guy comes and he's like, I've been through all this shit. You can learn from me. I'm really super... What was he? Like, um... Over the top, real almost. Self-centric. Yeah, real, real, like almost like a douchebag. Like, yeah. completely full of himself. This is what you are. Present yourself like this. Do this. And they portrayed the Mark Zuckerberg character as kind of uh, enamored by yes. to him. Yes. And after that dinner was over, and he walked away, and he he just turned around and said, "Yeah, just don't lose." Say it. Don't say it. Yeah, he, he says say it. a very profound thing, which actually affects the company as a whole. It feels like a, a wind just came in, went, and then just left. Like, yeah. and, and then it affects him, and you see him being affected, even on the cab ride home, and the, you know any of the scenes further from that, he, he changes. He's planted a seed. That was my favorite scene, I think, because it. And credit to uh, Justin Timberlake because. Um, oh, he's good. Yeah. That scene is. Um, see, I think if I think about it, like every scene is so quality. But I do have, like, three favorites. There's the confrontation, you know, the... Yeah. One, yeah, that one's... I mean, that guy, we'll get to the cast, but that scene is one of my very favorites because it's like... It's like the... It's like the cork has been popped on that that's been brewing, like, the whole time, and he just does it perfectly. And the restaurant scene... Well, even the morning after with the co-ed scene, you know, the... Stanford on her butt. That one's really good. I really know? like the regatta scene. I just oh from, my god, just from a awesome. standpoint of um, the rowing boat. You mean it doesn't match the rest of the movie. No, it's but awesome in itself with the music and the way it's filmed in this weird. It is weird, almost surreal looking way. It's like, it's got this like um, like you said, it might be CG or whatever. But I think it was like. There's like a real depth of feel to it. Everything's really blurry in the background, but everything's pinpoint sharp in the foreground. Like and it's ominous. It's almost. also running like at the wrong. It's almost slow but fast. Yeah, where you see it's the odd. water flowing, but yeah. then they're moving. It's gorgeous to look at. Really good, and the um, music is beautiful. Doesn't really. It looks like it's from a different movie, but where it happens, it. It fits, because it is kind yeah. of... It, the movie does turn into a different kind of movie at that There's point. There's a competition, it's about focus, it's about winning or losing and all that, and I thought that was, that yeah, was one of my favorites. So yeah, there are a lot of really are. interesting scenes. Uh, that first, very first opening dialogue before the credits. Oh my god, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, so it starts off on a high note, 
because it's high or low, however you want to look at it. <laughs> and you can't believe what kind of an asshole this guy is, or how un unfocused he is on indi- on people. You think he isn't, right? But that's the motivation you see behind it all. You think he's feels nothing, and yeah. yet that that sting is the thing that emotional prick of his heart or but he's whatever, kinda, his but ego he, or whatever But he is wired differently as in he's more motivated. Like, the people don't matter as much as yeah, yeah. the end product. Oh, in the in the courtroom, not courtroom, but in the deposition room, when he's turning and it's started to rain and are you paying attention to me? No. <laughs> yeah. do, you, do, I, do you deserve, do I deserve your attention? No. And I, I love that you just want to be you know, that way with people. Well, i got to say when you say, um, when you say uh, the screenwriter you weren't fond of the not at first he won me over thinking of the um dialogue in this movie which is all wrote by that screenwriter it is amazing i mean it's the actors didn't make that dialogue up that dialogue's coming from that and it's it's pristine almost it's like like he said listening to a something that flows you know it doesn't feel actorly Kind of like it, And it also doesn't feel necessarily real. It doesn't feel real, it's a bit of, but it doesn't feel constructed. It just feels... It doesn't... It's not like... Designed I'm thinking like of a... Like a... I liked his analogy about writing a, like a symphony, like a, a music. What's the, what do the people call A composer writes his music not to be read off a piece of paper, but to be listened to because he likes the sound of dialogue. Yeah. And that's what it is, but it doesn't sound... Like quibby or like not like Tarantino is a is a correct. Tarantino writes really good dialogue, and uh, that is showcased in his movies, which have very long dialogue scenes. They're constructed, but they're very the Tarantino style of you know yeah like pulpy like Edgy pulp fiction. And, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean like um yeah he says things that are gonna resonate like but it in is. this it's like there's a lot of sarcasm and a lot of um. Real gut emotions come out a lot. I but thought it, it was really good. But it's an awesome screenplay. But then it's like really like it's almost like they pick the perfect people to deliver the words. Like. Oh, totally. So let's move on to the cast while we while we're skirting around that bit. Um, Jesse Eisenberg plays Mike Zuck, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Um, I'm a big fan of him, and I have been since Adventureland, which was possibly well, it was in my top five of last year. Yeah. I think it's an awesome movie, and I think partially due to him. Um, Zombieland, while not as I liked him in Zombieland, that was too. awesome. Um, but I think this is the role he was. It's almost like the role he was born to play because we know what he's like as an actor. We've seen him in other things. Um, he's not quite as reserved as he is in this, and he really has to hold like no emotion. Yeah, I find that I don't even know how to do that. Like, yeah, you could if you want. If you're doing acting, I'm now. just saying it's really. There's there's parts, and I know Fincher. We watched the documentary. It's partially down to David Fincher too, but he holds everything back the entire time. He holds everything back, but the there's, entire this, time. there's this intense, um, like rigidness to him. Yeah, but and it's, that tells you everything. It does. But so it's it's not it's not it's like he's holding it in, but he's he's like he's, all, he's even during this huge explosion, the scene that you like. Yeah, he's like he. Hardly reacts to it, just in a way that most people would go nuts. So I mean, start giving back. He gives like, nothing back. Yeah, it's all he's doing constantly is processing his next move. Yeah, 
one of those people that isn't, he's soaking up what you're saying and what everybody's throwing at him, whatever it is, but he's just calculating his next move. But I thought he did a fantastic job. I did, and, I, and I'm a fan. Um, like I said, I have been since um, Adventureland, and this elevated him even more for me. I mean, Academy Award nominated now. And deserved on this one. Um, Andrew Garfield uh, plays Eduardo Fantastic. Severin. Fantastic. T- steals the show from um, Andrew Garfield, a, a British actor who's also going to be Spider-Man coming yeah, up. Yeah, I, wasn't, I was hoping you wouldn't label him as that because that's going to stick in everybody's mind. He well, I'm shows. sure what I'm saying is people probably don't know who... I mean, he's not been in much. He hasn't right? been in that either. <laughs> well, I, I've seen him in the suit. He's, he's in that, right? Yeah, I know, but I don't want people to think, oh, good, that this is, this is like, brilliant... Well, you know, I'm sure there's Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, but that's a different. That's like comic book um, actor per thing. I mean, that's a very specific thing. I mean, yeah. Well, anyway, he's, he's gonna. Because who do you? What do you think of now? The guy who was in Spider-Man before. That's what you think. You of mean Tobey Maguire? Yeah, you don't want to think of this guy as that because this movie absolutely there are scene after scene after scene, line after what line. What do I think of Tobey Maguire? Ab- not Spider-Man. When I think of Spider-House him, Spider-House Rules. He's in. Did he do? With a horse, yes. Yeah, jockey one. Yeah, that's how. That's what I picture him from. That you haven't even seen. No, I have seen it. <laughs> sea crest or sun crest or something. <laughs> sea biscuit. <laughs> I have seen it. <coughs> I, re- I really liked it, and that's right. I picture him as that actually, not Spider Man. I don't know why, because you think Spider Man would come into my head. But anyway, Andrew Garfield, really good. Um, British. Absolutely. Wouldn't know he was British. Brilliant. No. <laughs> Another one who does a good American accent. I thought he... There were moments when I just... I wanted to, like, call up somebody in Hollywood and say, you have to acknowledge this guy. He's absolutely... There were moments of brilliance, I think. I'm, I was so impressed. And he's young, and he's just, like... I mean, he's, like, 18 or 19. Right? Oh, was he that young? Yeah, he's Shit. Young. I didn't even realize. And then there's, like, Justin Timberlake, um, who plays Sean Parker... Justin Timberlake in this is awesome. I really oh, do good. think. And I also think he was awesome in uh, Alpha Dog. Yeah, which, yeah. Um, you know. Totally different. I always thought, I, I always thought, oh, Justin Timberlake, new kids on the block. Um, and then when somebody said he's going to be in a movie and that was Alpha Dog some time back, I was like, oh, it's probably going to be garbage. There's actually nothing like that. He's really imagined. intense in that one. And in this one, for the character he's playing, it's almost like he is that character. I mean, like what you think of Justin Timberlake is that character. Yeah, because even when he. You really? Not me. No? No, I think of this think guy as real. like a real douchey, businessy, smarmy, I don't know what he See, is. I always thought of him like that. Oh, I never think like of him like Like Mr. Show Business. Um, oh, I don't think of him like that at all. I just think of him as a blank slate, really. <laughs> right, well. I think of pop, some pop star people, just there's nothing, I know nothing about him. But this, even when he's in the background of a scene happening up front, in the you know, between a couple of people... He carries on with the certain mannerisms and and I know David Fincher does direct everybody like every single movement they make, but I'll give him credit that even when he's not the focus at all, he's like the tiniest bit over in the corner in the back. You know, he's like this big and I'm he still is focused acting. on him. He's not just being himself because You just said he's himself. No, when you see him in the um No, I'm saying he is acting in these scenes. Because when you see him in these table read-throughs and stuff, and he stops being, yeah, and goes back to being Justin Timberlake, it's a different totally. vibe. Just even the body stance, everything. The confidence goes away. The self-assurance. Yeah, he's a bit. Thing. He's way more laid back than this yeah. character was. Because this character is hyper, like um, 
a, a go-getter. The world it. revolves around me. Yeah. Um, because he plays the guy who invented Napster. Sean Or Parker. co-founder. Yeah. The co-founder of Napster who... It, oh, the Napster story is also an interesting story that could also make a great movie, I imagine. Not anymore. Well, it is... We've got our, we've got our origin story. We don't need another one. I did like that line where he said like um, about Napster, how he won. And they, they're like, no, you didn't win because you, the company went bankrupt and you, you, hadn't, you got sued. And he's like, well, does anybody want to buy a Tower Records anymore? Which is a fantastic line. I didn't know what that meant. Well, Tower Records is the used to be the number one. You go in and buy all your CDs, but who wants to go there anymore? When I've never heard of it. You've never heard of Tower Records? Not as a store or anything, no. It's like the biggest music store in America. Yeah, where do we live? Was the biggest music store. We don't store live in, in a place where... But anyway, yeah. as he was saying, retail... I mean, the music business changed because of him. MP3, all that stuff. But see, that's a, I guess that was the difference. I didn't think of that. The other guy was thinking of movie companies. Like, companies that produce records. And he was thinking of people who sell music. He was thinking of changing the landscape of music completely because how it is now how it was 10 years ago is it's an absolutely different in fact i remember the dawn of mp3 and stuff and getting mp3s and saying i remember taking 20 minutes to get one song yeah and saying and ripping cds and stuff and it taking ages because computers weren't as fast then and then saying to your friends oh do you get mp3s and they're like what's that and like now everybody gets mp3s because itunes is where everybody gets the music it's it's a changed you don't even call it mp3s really anymore people don't they just say i'm downloading my music yeah yeah. you know you've skipped we've skipped over the uh MP3 thing. Yeah, because actually, iTunes isn't MP3, it's AAC. So if you wanted to get onto the brass tacks, you would be wrong anyway. Yeah, I'm just getting that. music, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, um, Rashida Jones. Really good. Plays Marilyn Delpy, which um, she's. It's not a massive role. No, actually. no. It's very small. But I, li- I always like her, Rashida Jones. Always, always, always. She has the very subtle but impactful place in the boardroom there where they're having. Why is she meetings. like a junior? Yeah, she's part of the firm that are defending well, him, or that are on his, you know, representing him, and she just says sort of that, I'm... She's observing what's yeah. happening, yet she's got something to say to him. She still feels she neutral to She doesn't want to, to like, preach, though. And she doesn't feel like she's on his side or against the other people. She's she feels just like telling him middle. exactly what's going to go down, yeah, yeah. Um, which is interesting, like, because... She always has a certain poise about her. I dislike her. She was in the office, right? <clears throat> What else was she in? Liar, liar. I think. Oh, no, not Liar, liar. I can't remember. Liar, liar. The movie, but I don't think that was her. Now that I think (laughs) about it. Um, Also, um, Arnie Hammer plays the, um, how'd you say it? The Winklevoss brothers. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, this is amazing. (laughs) He he kind of plays, he plays both of them. This is amazing, and I had no. Did you put the other guy's name? Josh? I I, I did not, but. Oh, see, that's so unfair. But I had no idea. And uh, you did. I didn't. I mean, you only did because somebody said. Yeah. Nobody Should said anything. No, nobody said anything. To <laughs> I guess. Yeah, you know. I, it's not really. But this guy plays. <laughs> no, he doesn't. This guy and another guy. Well, in the movie... Should we say it, though? Because then people will be focusing on it. I don't think you should, because you didn't know until afterwards. And then you're like, oh my god, but if well, you focused just, on it... Well, I just said it, about half of it, so... Well, I mean, you can say he plays both dudes. That's a, the All right. Are you... <laughs> Benjamin Button has something in common with this oh, movie. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Don't tell him. Should we cut that out? 
No, don't get it out. Just don't say anything else. Well, I just said it. This guy plays instead of twins. That's all you got to say. Yeah. And I think he's really good. And and what it leads me to believe is that Fincher should have waited five years to make Benjamin Button. You're determined to tell them. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not telling them. I agree. But I, I'm saying that was made before it, it was feasible. Yeah. Because now it's better. Totally. Um... But yeah, it's amazing, and the extras will uh, clarify all that for you. I had no idea. And this guy's good. He's, He's very he, commanding. In fact, it might be the best I've ever um, special effects I've ever seen in a movie ever. Like, I'm not <laughs> talking about like. That's why I'm saying don't don't tell people because if you didn't. What I'm know saying it, is special effects in a movie, right? Yeah, we can all say, "Oh, Avatar's got awesome special effects," or Star Wars. We love the special effects. Special effects that you don't know are happening. Yes. Yeah, they're like absolutely technically amazing. Are the best ones, in my opinion. Because I'm like... Oh, yeah, and it's best if you don't even know. That's what I'm saying. Until after the fact. Because then you go, holy shit, I didn't even realize. I said to you when I watch it again, I might be like eyeballing it. Yeah. But I don't think I'd spot it. I mean, I, I know. So. I don't I mean, the... to actually spot it with your eyes and say... No. All right, so um, last but not least on our list we have Brenda Song as Christy Lee um, who plays the girlfriend of Eduardo right what about the girl who played the girlfriend of Jesse of the main yeah girl? we didn't have her on she's called Rooney right she's good Mara she has that really good yeah talky scene and she only has a couple of scenes actually two scenes to be exact but she is really good. Very good. And she's the girl from Nightmare on Elm Street um, remake that we watched recently. Yes. And all the way through the movie, I kept thinking, who is she? Like, I don't know who she is. Who is she? Yeah, who I was, I was, I was like, uh, I've seen her somewhere. I've seen her somewhere. And it was one of them where I was like, was it a period movie? And it turned out it was Nightmare on Elm Street. She played Nancy. Um, so this is directed by... We're in the song we didn't talk about. She plays a girlfriend yeah, so of one of the dudes. Right really quickly, though. And right. she's... Got these little bits, and she's not a main character or anything, but she totally changes, and she's awesome. Like, every single thing. The little flirty thing, the established girlfriend as part of this little little trio of people. She's Where did she's the settling. other girl go to? She wasn't. She was just screwing that yeah, other guy. Yeah, she did She was nothing. Yeah, she never... But then she, this girl, she's really good. I think pay attention to Eduardo's girlfriend. She's good. And this is directed by David Fincher. Don't really have to mention, but, you know, he's done... Several. I'm a big fan. Always have been. Seven. Uh, Zodiac. Fight Club. Panic Room. Benjamin Button. Um, Not a great. Good story, but. Um, I like it because it's one of his works. And it's you know long. I like long. Um, <laughs> I love his his cinematography. Um, he he casts everything's even this movie, which could have been filmed bright. I mean, Facebook's a bright, vibrant kind of. Website, obviously. Clean, bright, white. This movie, like all of his other movies, Seven in particular, he casts like a gloom on everything. Uh, it's like a dark, moody... And I'm there's a sure. green... There's, he always uses a green tint to everything. I'm not as, sure if gloom is fair, but... I think it is. I think Harvard I think comes... Seven a, has a gloom. I this think Harvard. Has... All the scenes in Harvard come across to me... Like, I can smell old books, it's old. It's oh, that's not gloomy to me at all, it's lovely. I love that's it. That's what I mean, like, um, uh, maybe I'm using the wrong word. Realism to me, like a... Yeah, like, a, like a, but it's, 
not filmed in a film way. It's dark. It's gritty. It's more how it would look in real life rather than lit. Like And see, I would never categorize it as dark in a million years. It's just a non-glossy... No, dark. Like, he uses a dark... He, like... It's a dark print. The print... I guess I don't see it as dark. I mean, I think it is. I think it's very... Like, lower light levels than most directors would use. And I think that's the same in all. Seven's extremely dark. Mm-hmm. I don't mean in... Uh, is in tone, but I mean <laughs> yeah. in how it looks, too. I mean, it's... There's portions And this of is it. nothing like that. Like, absolutely nothing I think like this it. is more in, like... It looks a lot like Zodiac. Um, Zodiac, uh, he he obviously gave Zodiac this uh, 1970s vibe because it was set in the 70s. But he uses this Red One camera, which is the big deal in Hollywood right now. It's 4K, high definition. It could easily look digital and um, fake, but it looks f- like photography. It's what, I guess what I'm getting at. But it, mm. I, I think it's a dark-looking image that looks more real than a... I just feel like, uh, to me, that's misleading, because I don't find it dark at all. I just think... See, I like, like the dark-looking image. That's what I'm saying. I like a darker-looking image. <laughs> like, when, if you said to me, and I'd never seen it, it's dark. I'm thinking, oh, it's dark. Like a horror movie or something? Like the, oh, it's no, in nighttime. Tone. Not, not in tone. tone. I mean an image. Like, it's nighttime, or it's raining all the time, or what are you kind talking about? It kind of is. It kind of feels like a rainy oh, day I to totally me, the whole disagree. movie. I feel like it's an, it's an autumn... Um, beautiful... Snowing, rainy. There's a little bit of snow, but it's not bad. Snow in most scenes. <laughs> it's funny, I just totally see it different. See, to me, it's like, I like rainy days, they're my favourite days. Rain on the window, mm-hmm. very dark palette. Like, everything is... Muted and... Yeah, and not gleaming sunlight. Like, which the I contrast hate. has been turned down on everything. That's, yeah. that's this movie to me, and it's it's comfortable to me, and... Zodiac is the same thing. It's a comfortable kind of vibe to it. So I think comfortable is nicer than dark, but I guess you can have But anyway, that's what I like about David Fincher. Also the green tinge that he adds to all his movies, and that is a stylistic choice. He's talked about it before. He adds that to all of them. It's kind of... Is it green? Yeah, it's it's a certain shade of green. Mm. Uh, And it's, it's his David Fincher trademark. All these movies contain it. All of them. Even Benjamin. Um, and you say you can't really tell this is a David Fincher movie. I disagree with that. I'm not saying you can't tell it is because you already know it is. But it doesn't stand out like, oh my god, that's a David Fincher movie. I just don't think that his do. They're Benjamin Button doesn't look, isn't, you know, I just don't think he can. It isn't stamped. Necessarily, unless you've studied and you're very aware of David Fincher movies, like you are. Yeah. But I feel like they're quality, and the quality is almost a generic term, because it's so high quality. There's not many American filmmakers that have his... I don't even know what it is. um, We obviously saw him working behind the scenes. He's a control freak, so he loses a lot... I think that is a fantastic... Here's a good example. Wes Anderson. His movies are extremely distinctive. Yes. Very distinctive. Even, even when he makes an animated uh, Yes, it's movie. very Wes it. Anderson. Because it's got a cartoony... Everything about it is Wes Anderson. Quentin Tarantino. Everything about them is Quentin Tarantino. Even the ones he's written that he didn't direct. Quentin Tarantino stamped all over it. You just get it, the vibe. To me, David Fincher is so high quality. 
it just it, he disappears into it, which I think is a fantastic thing, really. And obviously, but. the way he works after seeing the things is um, a good way to work because the results speak for themselves. I think. I agree. I, I mean, mean, he's control freak. I, I think <laughs> to be that controlling, I, yes, there's room for like ad libbing and all that stuff, but I don't think there is in his movies. It didn't look like it. No, I, I mean, and I, I, I agree mm. because that dialogue, like the guy said, is wrote to come out exactly like that. Not, no, no off right. the cuff remarks. It's he's wrote it specifically. So um, the score of this movie, and we don't generally mention scores, but I really wanted to mention this one because um, this is scored by. Uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, um, Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor. It's abs- It's like listening to the new Nine Inch Nails album. It really is like an instrumental Nine Inch Nails album. It's beautiful. It's got that industrial rock thing going occasionally. Sometimes, Very occasionally. Sometimes yeah. it's really dark, like I just mentioned the movie, where the actual there's some weird Nine Inch Nails noises, like... Um, Metal scraping on metal. You don't even know what it is exactly, but it gives you an une- uneasy feeling. Like a couple of times, yeah. Um, like a like a tension brewing underneath a, a softer thing. It's very undeniably Trent Reznor because his bass lines. I could you can play any of you know if you just had a random stack of his bass lines without any music and played them, I'd, I could tell you that you play different ones, and I'd say that one's Trent Reznor because. He has a feel. It's amazing. It's, There's a certain distortion. Like at the end of the rowing thing, when it was like... It's the reason I love Nine Inch Nails, to be honest. It, oh, me too. Always that... It it's like something that kind of crawls up the back of I would say it doesn't sound clean, the music. It sounds distorted. And now that we've seen the studio, I get the vibe. He's got like old 70s It's so creative. And, and like... They're, I think they're quite volatile, these two men. The one dude does all the editing, and he does all the making, and he has to, he can only do it for like an hour, maybe. And He's an like artist, isn't perform- he? Like, yes, and he comes yes. across as an artist. Yeah, I mean, it's so businessman-like, though, when he talks, but you can tell he's maybe extremely moody, and maybe he says, I can be, it could be ten minutes or an hour, and it's a performance thing, and then I have to get out for an hour, and then he takes over, and... Da, 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 I mean, if, and you I listen to like, if you listen to any of the Nine Inch Nail albums and listen to the lyrics, Trent... Inside is not what he appears on the outside. <laughs> no, because <laughs> he does appear like Mister Businessman, like yeah, you like a middle aged. On the man. inside, if you listen to his lyrics, there's a lot more. I going mean, on. closer. Let's be honest. Yeah, That's or funny. any of it. Like, I mean, like that last album they did with the. I haven't listened to a lot of lyrics, to be honest. Yeah, it's I very, mean, I listen to him, but I don't. If you to want to listen to dark music, that's it. I mean, it's it's about the innermost workings of. He's humans. not the vegan, is he? It's the other guy. No, I don't think he is. What's that guy's name? The vegan guy that you like? Smith's, or whatever his name oh, is. Oh, Morrissey. Yeah, Morrissey's very not like Trent Reznor. Is he not? <laughs> no. I thought he was all moody and... Yeah, he is, but in a different dark. way. Different way. He's more outward, but, like, you just see it on him. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas Trent Reznor, it's almost angry. The music. But when you see him talk, he's just like this, like... Mm-hmm. Just to do, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the score... Um, Brilliant. I've got the score, actually, on my computer. Um, it's like, you could just listen, it's mood music, because there's no lyrics, it's just music. You can sit, and it's kind of mellow, mm-hmm. apart from some parts where it kind of freaks you out a little bit. It could be a fantastic, fantastic, uh, not motivational, but not even atmospheric, but a, a feed for drawing or painting. Yeah. I can see that, because well, actually do. It's your mind kind of right the end of the show. Um, when we, I usually go out on our normal after the show music, but I'll play a piece from the social network, and you can uh, 
purchase it at Amazon or wherever. Thanks. If you like it. <laughs> um, I don't get no kickbacks from that, I'm just saying. Because <laughs> like, if we use a piece of their music, maybe we should tell people they can go and get it from somewhere, right? Um, so, uh, DVD extras or Blu-ray extras. There's a, I, actually, I just want to mention... Missing the score. It's actually on the DVD. No, it isn't. Just one of the songs is. Not the oh, whole I thought it said you could listen to no, it. No, the entirety of that one piece. Oh. But um, I have to mention the... Um, Fincher uh, is funny because... You don't not interested in packaging of Blu-rays. Not really. Um, but this one's and this one and Seven and Fight Club are three of my favourite DVDs in my collection because of the packaging. And I think Fincher's dedication to detail goes down to like even the final box product of his movie. Did you mention Fight Club earlier? Oh yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, so it's a very different Blu-ray packaging. First off, there's no Blu-ray logo at the top, but they do have the blue bar because of Facebook, right? Yeah. But when you remove... Uh, there's like a um, paper... Your generic cover that you would see in Walmart or whatever with a picture of the actor and some load of quotes. I don't really like those kind of covers. This one's all right, but I'm not really into it. But when you pull it off, um, the it's in like a cardboard box, the... Um, I know you can't see this. So I'll have to explain it. It's just a black cardboard box. Um, that's you mean like, like from 1991? 1996, I should say. It's like a black cardboard box that's like got this awesome feel to it. It's like velvet. Right? You might be able to listen. <laughs> um, and Texture? In, and embossed into the um, box, it says you don't get to 500 million friends without making a few enemies. And then when you pull the uh, Blu-ray out of the case and it comes out the way that you wouldn't expect it to. The, the mm-hmm. part, it comes out the other way. Um, there's a picture of... Um, Jesus, another box inside of there. Yeah, well, it's the... It's one yeah, I'll these. give you my take in a minute when you're done. Um, this is also velvety. A really nice feel. Like, it doesn't fingerprint up. It's like a matte finish. <laughs> um, and it's got a picture of um, Jesse Eisenberg and it says, Punk, Prophet, Genius, Billionaire, Traitor on the front. On the back it has... Um, a bunch of stills from the movie. That's not bad. I like that. Uh, and with on no the words. In- and on the inside, really plain discs with the um, the social network and the Facebook kind of looking logo. I just I think it's a real classy packaging. Um, you know, Blu-rays are kind of boring when they come in these keep cases. They all look the same. There's some effort made here. And um, that excites you. I really do like a nice collector's version of a movie. Um, okay, let me give you my take. Hand it to me. And I'll explain it to you from my my own personal point of view. I don't know if it's a female point of view or just me not being a DVD collector person. You hand me this box and like there's this floppy, stupid cardboard thing over Which the I'll top keep of because it. I'm a yeah. No, I'm just, let me give you my. This is it. Floppy cardboard thing. I'd throw that away. Next, you've got this box, like you said, the cardboard box thing that I'm sliding out and I'm like, oh, the DVD is going to come out. Oh no, it's another box thing. So now i got to open this other cardboard thing. It's so thing. nice though compared it's to it. It's plasticky. It doesn't matter. It's like... It's a digipack on the inside. You know what? It's going to you... happen with this. You're going to put it on a shelf and it's going to sit there forever and ever until maybe one day you want to watch it again. And that's, that's why I want it. And, and then you got to put this... In. Now, I do like the back there. I would have that as a poster. It's just a whole that bunch of... That shows you how dark the movie is. In tone, uh, I mean, dark in picture. Like, because look how dark those uh, any of those. No, that whole movie is not that dark. Those are just very specific scenes. But anyway, uh, if you're interested in uh, Blu-ray packaging, DVD packaging, this is a very unique looking. 
And it, you're not paying extra, it's cheaper than most. Mm-hmm. Um, one could say it's it's not... Some of the companies do biodegradable packaging and all that stuff. don't know if this is. don't know if that was the reason. I think it's Fincher just likes to... His, if you sit all these movies in... Fight Club's got to... They all have. If I put, if I put all his, even Benjamin Button, um, if I put all his movies on my shelf, they're all a little bit different than everybody else's. I don't think that's the idea. Like that, his stand out. I don't know. Maybe just he. Why does that excite you? I, I, I'm a fan of. Packaging. I'm not being condescending. I'm a fan of packaging. I'm a fan of. Um, why though? Artwork. Um, like I like movie posters. Yes, um, I can see why movie posters because you hang it on the wall, you enjoy it every day. It's artwork that you're looking at that you're enjoying. But if you had, I like a really nice shelf full of. If DVDs. you had 500 posters and you stuck them all in a closet, what would be the point? Well, they're not in the closet. You can see the spines. You can. Pull you can them only out, you see can the look. spines, but you don't go down there and look at all 1,200 DVDs every day to enjoy the covers. No, but I do go down there and skim. I do look at them. I, I in fact, the other day I was thinking. I was thinking about unique packaging. I was thinking, oh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas seemed like it had really awesome packaging at the time. And, and I was right. I pulled it out and it did because it had no logos on it. It was just like a painting by Hunter S. Thompson. You opened up into the skatefold thing. I do appreciate something different than a blue box with just a crap. Right, but that one time that you go look at it and because you were thinking about it and then you stick it back on the shelf I guess I just well I'm not going to walk around with them in my hand all day I know but why have them all why make an effort on the packaging when you're really not going to look at it I personally wouldn't want it in a white envelope just a sleeve but it would take up so much less space and the well you could throw if you were into that you could throw the packaging away just put the distance no I'm saying why bother with the packaging at all that's all I'm saying and I just want to understand a person like you who's not a collector of other things you don't have knickknacks you don't have stuff you're not but people who love these dvd packaging i just find it fascinating i guess I, the same as album art because albums I, I was yeah when albums were but out, then albums you're gonna pull out all the time you're listening you're listening oh, not you're all listening. the time they sat on the shelf quite a lot yeah but you listen to albums more than you watch movies so maybe i'll get to the bottom of it someday no i appreciate different packaging because if everybody does it all the same which they do blue blue blu-ray keep cases they all look the same they have shitty, like last week's Welcome to the Riley, shitty... Oh, they could be all plain and then they might be cheaper. That'd be awesome. No, they wouldn't, though. But plain's fine. If they were in a paper envelope, maybe they would be cheaper. But they were not going to ship stuff to stores in a paper envelope. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to work, is it? You know? Why? It just won't work. Consumers won't Stealing. Well, stealing. Um, <laughs> you think because people demand a box that they're never going to look at hardly. That just seems crazy. But when you're paying 25 30 you want to have something to put on your shelf. But what you're paying for is the movie. That's why I guess at the bottom, the heart of it is the thing for me. But, you know, I appreciate the artwork. Obviously, I love it. You're actually paying for design. the whole thing. You're paying for the disc. You're paying for the whole thing. You're buying a product. No, I'm just one to watch just- the movie. Yeah, well, then you don't buy the stuff. Uh, what I'm saying exactly. is, for me as a movie buyer, and I do buy movies, I bought this one. Um, I appreciate spending a bit of money on a movie, it to be in something interesting. I know, I understand, but I don't get why. Because when it's, like you said, <laughs> if it was in a white paper sleeve, I'd be like, oh, that's a bit shitty. Yeah, but the movie is what's important, right? No, all of it. Like a, a whole package. 
I guess it's the same way, because when I say I go to the movie theater, because I like the seat, and I like the bigness, and I like the different insides of theaters, and I like the smell of the popcorn, and you're like, eh, couldn't care less. It's a whole package. So imagine applying that, I'm, I'm the same. but apply that yeah, yeah. to what I, I agree, think yeah. about covers. I'm the same when I bought albums, back in when albums were out. I was excited when, like, mm-hmm. oh, this one's on a picture disc, or the vinyl's red. I loved all that stuff. It was like... yeah. You know, a bit different. Somebody's doing like I got the. Pol- I remember buying Regatta de Blanc by the Police, um, and when I pulled the, I didn't even know it was in the album sleeve as normal. I pulled the album out, and it was a picture disc, and it was the like the New York Police badge inlaid into the vinyl with the police written on it, and I was like blown away. I was like, <laughs> it doesn't even say that on the box or anything. That's just how it is inside. Like, um, like a bonus. That thing was prob- That thing's probably worth like a thousand dollars now. You know? Oh, and you don't have it. I don't have it anymore. That sucks. Anyway, um, yeah, awesome packaging. If you are a DVD collector, um, <laughs> cheap disc, fourteen ninety nine. You can find it for, and it's a new movie. Um, you know think- me. I say when you hit the fifteen dollar mark, regardless of the packaging, if I love the movie and the extras good. I say go for it because you're not going to get it hard. You can rent it for five bucks on, you know, one of your online things. You can have your Netflix and watch it in a few months. Months, fair enough. But for ten to fifteen dollars, it's. Uh... You won't be watching this on Netflix because they don't have a Sony deal. So. All right. Um, and it is a Sony movie. Um, so. Overall. Over three hours of uh, special features on this disc. On disc one, you get the movie. Also, I just want to mention the menus. Oh, yeah. I really like them. Really good. They kind of... It just, like, seeps you into college atmosphere. Yeah, we just sat and watched it. It's just still shots, kind of... Not still, but... Static shots from the film that are of... Beautiful looking ...campus and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's very different. Like, some thought put into the menu. You know what I got from it? We watched the menu. We kind of watched the cycle through almost. Then we... You get into the movie, and it's that. It's long shots of this campus. And if you've ever been to a college ever, you know, college campus, um, it's very overwhelming. There are just many buildings and lots of sidewalks, and people are very far apart. And the way he shot it and did everything was you kind of are watching it from a distance and then zooming in and getting a little closer, a little closer, and you're realizing inside these halls and these rooms and these dorm rooms and apartments. Facebook is being crazy. Yeah, crazy shit can be going on. Not just partying over here, but, I mean, somebody over here might be figuring out a math theorem or the person who's going to cure cancer someday is sitting there studying their biochem or... You know what I mean? It's a, it's a magnificent thing, the higher education. And that's... I don't know why I, I was overwhelmed with that when he was in the beginning. And these shots remind me of that from the menu. So, you've got two discs. Disc one is the movie... And it also has an audio commentary with David Fincher and a second audio commentary with the cast and Aaron Sarkin. So there's value in itself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, two commentaries plus the movie. Now, all the extras are housed on disc two. And the first one is called How Did They Ever Make a Movie of Facebook, a feature-length documentary in four parts. And it lasts an hour and 30 minutes. One of my favourite... And we watched the entirety of it. We were just going to skim it, but we ended up watching the whole thing. Um, it's one of my favourite. I always th- I always think of the Iron Man documentary as a really good look at making of a movie. Yeah. It is in that special effects-y kind of movie way. This one's like a really good look at making a drama movie. Like the one that I would like to be on the Magnolia disc. 
Yes, it's not, where you see the constant interaction between the direct, the dynamics. Between I feel the like I saw how this movie was created. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's personal, you, you, it sits in on the on the um, what do you call that? What, table reading. Yeah, you're getting the scene from behind the director of a scene being filmed. And then they show you up in the picture-in-picture of that scene in the movie. And then you see the director kind of... He slumps his shoulder and he goes, Okay, that's good. Let's do it again. And it's really good. Let's do it again. Okay, let's do it again. Some of it's talking heads with all the cast. Yeah. It's really in-depth. And you don't actually have to buy the Blu-ray disc to see this, interestingly enough. It's actually online. You can see this entire thing. Oh, so the value just went down. Um, Well, Well, you're paying 15 bucks for something that's free online. Or you've seen the movie. I know, but fifteen dollars is includes. That isn't the only extra, and that is an awesome extra in itself. It is really I mean, good. It's, it's as, as long as the movie. Um, but anyway, there's other extras also on here: David Fincher and Jeff Cronenworth on the visuals, Angus Wolf, Kirk Baxter, and Ren Clyth on post-production, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and David Fincher on the score. That was really good. Yeah, it, that was exceptionally like, good. You're not really into music. Um, Features. I I, tend, I am if I'm interested in the music. If it's going to be one of these things where you see the orchestra and you see the movie on the screen yeah, and you see the boring. neurotic guy who's just basically up the ass of the director and just does everything he wants and it's a very standard. I'm not saying movies are standard, but some are. It's just a cookie cutter thing. This actually gets into the head of this them is like artsy to me. So I liked it. I'm like Trent Reznor, so. But I mean, it gets into the head of like. Um, he explains how they create it. It's an interesting process between these two men who just sit in a room and make this music. And then, you know, send it off to David Fincher. Yeah. And, and he's right. Think of the opening to this movie mm-hmm. with a Blink-182 song. Think of a college-type sounding punk rock type. From the early 2000s. Type of song over. Blink-182 or something. Think of... Well, they're from the 90s. All right, uh, good Charlotte. Think of that kind of tune, over the top. It would be a very different movie. Totally. And like Um, you said, it was going to be like... It would also work, but it would feel different completely. Trent Reznor's music makes this movie feel like something different. Because as you said, you might have something bubbling inside him, and that's where you get that weird tension sound coming from. So um, there's also uh, Ruby Sky VIP Room multi-angle scene breakdown. Um, Fincher always does a multi-angle scene thing see this scene being filmed from different angles you can switch them on the fly um, in the hall of the mountain king Reznor's first draft now that's the first draft of the in the hall of the mountain king tune and like he said it's a bit more comical than the one yeah. that he finally ended up with but if you want to hear it it's on here in its entirety and then something called Swarmatron which I didn't see and I don't know what it is I don't either Sounds interesting, though, and now I want to see it. <laughs> so if you want to see Swarmatron, buy the social network. And then let it? us know what it is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the uh, that's everything. Swarmatron. Uh, I don't know what that is. We should have watched sounds it. Sounds like something Trent Reznor might be involved in, Swarmatron. You reckon? I'm like the Swarmatron 5000 little keyboard from 1975? Something, <laughs> something like that, you know? Something that he gets music out of. Um, so, in conclusion, an amazing movie, I think. Really? I'll be honest with you, I was resistant because I thought, ugh, you know, I don't want to watch a movie that's about a dude who just did this thing and, uh, yes, it's changed the world. I can't, you can't deny that. People who don't do Facebook are going to poo-poo on it anyway, fair enough, but I mean, you cannot deny that it's made an impact on the whole world. 
So I was a little bit resistant. I don't like that kind of shit, really. It's a little too, like, of the moment. But it's so quality. Everything about... Even if even if Facebook didn't exist at all, Just this was story. all fictional, it's brilliant. It really I mean, is. It's, and it is down to David Fincher and this exceptional cast of young actors. All really young actors. And the music. I mean, it really yeah, is Yeah, I think Trent Reznor... Um, Put some guts in it. I... W- when they're giving the Oscar out for soundtrack this year, <laughs> I want Trent. I mean, literally. I mean, I've seen the other things. There's Randy Newman, and that's why you're watching the Oscars so you can see Trent Reznor. Come I want to see Trent Reznor. <laughs> I said to you, maybe in a tuxedo, get up on the stage and accept an Academy Award. I mean, I've always liked Nine Inch Nails, and yeah, we do. I would never have thought Nine Inch Nails would be getting an Academy Award for. Some music. I mean, it's it's insane. It's like it's something I really want to see happen. So hopefully it happens. Hopefully, all those people in the academy, <laughs> like Kevin Smith, we'll say Randy <laughs> Newman has enough. Elton yeah, Randy John Newman's has got enough, tons or of whoever them. else yeah. is up there. Yeah, yeah, whoever. Yeah. Uh, so, and hopefully, I know for a fact that Randy Newman's performing live. Maybe Trent will get up and do this theme. I don't know about that. I don't think... It's not that kind of thing, is it? It's a spontaneous... It was recorded in the moment and that's it. It doesn't exist. It only exists like that, I do It's layered also. He made loads of songs and then that guy layered. Right, and he wouldn't be able to redo that again. Um, Maybe they can play it. Maybe an orchestra could play it. Yeah, something something like that. You know, like where they do a twist on it. Play the movie... Play clips from the movie and do... Yeah, but a guy... Orchestra's going to be like, what the fuck is that? What? How do we make that noise? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we got to get some glass up here and scrape some sandpaper on it or whatever. That is literally what some of it sounds like, right? So, um, yeah, um, I was... So, so this is out from Sony. I was going to say thanks to Sony, but no, no thanks to Sony because they didn't... Thanks thanks to to me and Amazon.com for buying it. Your pocketbook. So, uh, (laughs) uh, yeah, fantastic movie. Really enjoyed it. Thanks to Sony for making it. Yeah, I'm sure... um, we're going to... I'm sure it's going to... It's up for eight Oscars, so I guarantee it's going to get at least one. Thank you, Kevin Spacey, for throwing money at it. He's the executive producer. That's the guy with the checkbook right there. So, you well, just gave Kevin Fincher, Spacey $15. I was just going to say, Fincher's responsible for Kevin Spacey... I mean, Kevin Spacey was in Seven. Kevin Spacey... Who did, Who directed Unusual Suspects? Oh, The Usual Suspects. Not... I don't even know the guy's name. Mm. But no, I mean, Kevin Spacey was famous. But, I mean, Seven did a hell of a lot for Kevin Spacey, I think. Not as much as Usual Suspects. No. I don't think, but... But, I mean, Seven, it's like... Yeah, yeah. A classic, really, now, isn't totally. it? Totally. Um, Timeless, for yeah. me. Uh, so, yeah, thanks to uh, Sony for uh, this one. Uh, contest, uh, see the site for details and enter a contest. Next week's uh, Blu-ray review will be uh, continuing on the Oscar... Uh, another nominee for Best Picture... And it'll be the kids are all right on Blu-ray disc. Um, so yeah, let's let's continue down this. Uh, and while this is something I was going to mention in uh, my part, but we might as well mention it now while we're on the subject of Oscar movies. We actually saw the King's Speech this week, mm-hmm. which is another Best Picture nominee. I loved it. It was brilliant. As I, well. I, I, you know when when I'm trying to go, what do I want for Best Picture? Social Network, The King's Speech. Mm. I, I love both of them. That's a tough one because that mean, was quality too, man. That's all we've seen so far. Um, we're going to see the the kids are all right next week, and um, maybe tonight we can watch another one. Um, maybe I might fall asleep though. Me but too. 127 hours is the next one I want to watch. If we have it playing and we're both just asleep on the couch, you think it'll just soak in? No. <laughs> maybe tomorrow we'll watch. 100, I want to see 127 hours Danny Boyle's movie next, actually. So, and uh, by we've got two more weekends to have seen them. Yeah. All. So um, 
And Black Swan. So, uh, yeah, kids are alright. Blu-ray disc next week. Uh, movie, re- movie recommendations this week. Uh, I want to recommend, firstly, The Pirates of Silicon Valley. It's a TV movie from, like, five, six, seven years ago. I don't know, it could be longer than that. Anthony Michael Hall plays Bill Gates. It's the story of the founding of Apple Computer, Microsoft. It's a bit of both, you know? But how it all began. Home how computing. computing began. Um, Home computing. Basically, the college years of Bill Gates, Steve Wozniak, and Steve Jobs. Um, it's like this movie. It's not as higher quality as this movie. But, but it, we know that there was... There's creative differences, and then yes. they split, and there's who did what, and now we have... It's a really obvious- fun movie. It's done in kind of a fun way, um, because when they were growing up, it was kind of... Druggy kind of... Uh, psychedelic, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it, they kind of tell a bit of it in that way, because I think some of them experimented. <laughs> you know? I'm not, I'm not sure about I don't know it. about Wozniak. No, Wozniak Seems extra is kind of hippie-ish. Hippie-ish, maybe, yeah. Um... They even cover, but it's not like a Jim Jim Morrison. Kind they of even thing. have the scene where Bill Gates gets pulled over and has his mugshot taken. You know the famous yeah. mugshot with Bill Gates. So I, I, anyway, it's uh, it's fun. Um, so that's the Paris of Silicon Valley, and my second one was Zodiac. I wanted to think of a David Fincher movie. I, I love Fight Club and of Seven, course. but I wanted to think of. I mean, it's lesser known Zodiac. I'm sure. I mean, people probably don't leap. Oh yeah, Zodiac. Gyllenhaal is really good. It's a good, and it's really detailed. It's a three-hour movie, Zodiac, by the way. But it's super detailed like this one. And one of mine is also epic, because I think three hour. When you get to three-hour length of movie, you're talking epic, you're you're Not that the Social Network is three. No, it's no. two hours. No, no, I'm saying Zodiac. And yeah, one yeah. of mine is the... For some reason, we brought it up, and it just stuck in my mind, is Gone with the Wind. Which it is, is an epic, serious, dig in your heels, get the popcorn, get a sandwich, several beverages, <laughs> kick up your feet, you're going to be watching all day long, kind of, all afternoon. And it's it's just so, you can't believe that it's made in the 1930s. That's almost a hundred freaking years ago. I mean, nearly a hundred years ago. It's amazing to me. It's also been, I think about it. interestingly enough, restored on Blu-ray, like The Wizard of Oz, they give it that kind of treatment. Right, right. So, you can see it in a whole new way, basically, now. Um, amazing. Right. If it was in bad shape, I would imagine it'd be awesome. Yeah. But it's just an epic... If you've heard about it and never seen it and just wondered what the fuss was about, it's not for the light-hearted, like, I want to sit down and watch a quick movie kind of person. You you know, you can... You know, however you can... If you watch installments, I don't recommend it, but it's epic. And the other one is Prime Cut, because we brought it up. I don't even remember why. Just thinking about vegetarian Gene movies Hackman. or something. Gene Hackman. About his thing. And then we, I was listening to like a vegan or vegetarian 1970s thing. 1970s movie. Yeah, and it's got sta- uh, Sissy Spacek when she's very young. And I think I've mentioned it before. Prime Cut. It's kind of bizarre a little bit and weird. But it's very 70s. And the the, the style of it, the sort of metholic, methodical gritty you it's a movie where you can say this is a this is a 1970s movie yeah totally like without it it totally feels like the 70s a little bit it's not slow necessarily but it's methodical and that's what i always think the 1970s feels very brown (laughs) like everything's brown like car interiors (laughs) clothing it's a lot of brown the brown and orange on all the disco yeah weird shit it's like a brown decade i don't feel like that movie was brown there's a lot of brown in that movie well, there's a lot of cows. 
on fields. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. So I recommend it. Yeah, is it really? I'm just thinking of it's a, good. I don't know if it's good like quality wise, but it's good as in no, okay, it's not like anything you've ever seen. It's a really it's, controversial topic. For its, if you dig deep enough, you're going to find some messages that may maybe aren't there. But yeah, know. but I mean, it's a controversial kind of like something like Seven when it came out, kind mm-hmm. of shocked. You kind of go, oh god, it yeah. Makes th- me this is a bit of a, oh my god, like yeah. this is oh terrible. god. Even now, when I watch Seven, and I've probably seen it twenty five, yeah. thirty times, seriously, on TV or whatever, over and over. Even now, man, I get to that point, and I'm just like, oh god, can't we change? Well, Prime the end? is this just terrible? <laughs> I don't mean it's got terrible. I mean, yeah. it's a terrible thing that's happening in it. Yeah, several terrible things. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Prime Cut, good good movie. I uh, have it on DVD. It's recommended, that one. Um, so, games and A-Scully stuff for this week, quickly. I've, I've covered two of the things on my list already. So, first thing is uh, the Call of Duty map pack, um, which is called First Strike. Call of what? Duty map pack. Oh, I'm sorry, I haven't heard of that. <laughs> um, it's called the First Strike map pack. It's four new maps for Call of Duty Black Ops. And one new zombie map, which I haven't seen because I've never played the zombie mode, funnily enough. Never played it. Still, you said that last week. Still, still haven't have played it. it. Um, I don't really care. I like multiplayer, you know. But these four new maps, they don't feel like new maps to me anymore because I've played them so much this week. And tell them why. Uh, they had a double XP weekend, which means you get double experience for all your gameplay. To what um, end? Which prestiges you up. Uh, you know, you get levels. It's like a... And last night... After about, what was it, six hours maybe of playing? Everyone's wild here. 15,000 to go. <laughs> 7,000 to go. Well, 15,000 well, to go. Well, last night, because I knew today I probably wouldn't play much because we were doing movie day, I thought, I'm going to get my money's worth out of this XP free X, double XP weekend. So I literally played, and that might be partially why I bloodshot eyes today. Yeah. Um, eight hours of Call of Duty nonstop, right? I think so. Um, and I prestiged. I actually prestiged, which is which. If n- people don't know what that means, it's getting from level one to level fifty in the game, which is like leveling up in any other game. Overall, generally, it would take you over, just over a month, maybe playing a couple of hours every night. It'd take a month to get to level fifty. I did it in one week, partially thanks to this double XP weekend, but that's still pretty fast. So um, I'm up another level. I'm, I'm level one again. And contrary to what any other wives or husbands would think, I think that's awesome. I would rather you sit there and play and enjoy that game and me going there and sitting on my laptop and playing. Are you just saying it's a good way to get rid of me? Yeah. Excellent. Precisely. Um, so, yeah, I highly recommend uh, that map pack. If you're into Call of Duty Black Ops and you do play it online, $15 the map pack costs. I don't think it's a ridiculous price. You but get for a lot. four maps that you've already gotten so used to, is it really worth it? No, because now they're integrated into the thing. And when they do come up, even though I'm used to them, it's still like something new still right. for a while. After a while, it'll be like, well, no, you always associate them as being the new maps, the ones that didn't come with it. And they just integrate perfectly. You don't have to... If you're playing somebody who doesn't have them and they're in your party, well, then they don't come up. So it kind of cancels them yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. So, which is fine. So, because you'll find most people you play bought them. If any, if you care about Call of Duty, you probably buy the map pack. I think there'll be one more map pack, map pack two, probably in summer. Uh, but by then, I'll be ready for some new maps. Um, and the other game, which is out this week on Tuesday, is Test Drive Unlimited Two, 
which is a little-known racing game from... I can't even remember when that first one... When did the Xbox come out? The original Xbox? No, the 360. Was it five years ago? We still lived in the apartment, didn't we? No, we didn't. We lived here, because I remember setting it up on the TV downstairs, though. So we lived here. Right. It would have been maybe 2000... November of 2005, maybe? It was 2005. All right, so... I'd say in... October... November, yeah, because we bought that in October. I'd say in about January 2006 then, a game called Test Drive Unlimited came out. And it was a, it's a racing game. Not many people will probably... It didn't do very well. But I loved it. It was... Um, you remember me telling mm-hmm. you... I have a thing in me for games, and I've mentioned this about Grand Theft Auto before. I like to just be in a world... <laughs> that isn't, somebody your, that isn't a real world. Right. That somebody created and just... Be in it and do what, not do what I want because you can't exactly do what you want. But explore like so many things. I said to you when I was a kid, I always wanted a racing game. When I had my Commodore sixty four, where I could just, I didn't want to race. I wanted to get in the car and just drive around, like <laughs> go to go to the town and go to the next country and just drive like around and see things. This is what this game can do. I mean, this game is a racing game. There's races, don't get me wrong. There's a a bit of a story in there. But, at the end of the day, the island of Ibiza in Spain um, is recreated literally from Google Map data. Yep, we we compared. Yeah, so you are driving around Ibiza. It looks great. It's, I don't know, it's hard to explain. It's more than a racing game, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and the first game, the the one that came out years ago, was uh, actually the island of Oahu in Hawaii. Well, that's actually in this game as well. You can drive to the Ibiza airport, get on the plane, <laughs> go to the go to Hawaii, and that whole of the first game is in this game also. So it's a huge value. It's um, fifty bucks instead of sixty. They're not. I mean, it's brand new out this week. It's called a budget title. I still don't think fifty is a budget title, no. but. At least it's ten dollars cheaper. Um, I think it's worth the money. It's one of them games, like I've said to you. There's this very few games where I can sit and play them for months just yeah. to get it all. I want to do all of it. And you like it because you can create your own person, which you made a woman, and you get to do this one. You get to do plastic surgery, it's crazy and all stuff. kinds of weird. I mean, stuff. it's crazy stuff. Like but it's it. fun, really fun. And you can take it online, race people online, or just drive around. Ibiza and just check it out. I mean, I, it's got a day and night cycle, weather, the whole thing. I was driving along, like, the other day, um, and uh come across a... I was saying, it's, oh, it's really hard driving at night. I have to have my high beams on. And then, uh, slowly, the sun starts coming up, you know, over, the per- over a period of 20 minutes or so. And next thing you know, it's a beautiful, sunny Spanish day. And we're looking around for different things. We went to the town and... We we driving you we found somewhere on the map and said, Oh look, there's a built up area, we're gonna see what's there and it happens to be a big town and a port. Right, right. And then we got on Google Maps and brought up the same area and it literally is the same Yeah, I mean it's not building for building or anything, but I mean it's the same street structures. It's close to building for building, I think. I don't think so. Because they say they modeled it all from Google Map data. So. There's a lot of repeated buildings if you look real close. Yeah, yeah, but I mean that's just part of a game, isn't sure. it? You know? Uh can't you know, make a 20,000 buildings. So, um, highly recommended if you're into racing games. Um, 
It's going to keep me busy for a it's while. It's kind of cheeky. Yeah. The other one didn't have a story at all. This one kind of has this kind of... It's kind of lame, to be honest. I don't care for it. I mean, it's a silly story. Right. You could do without it. No, I, I mean, I don't care that it's in there. Oh, right. Because, like, whatever. I'll, I'll, I like to progress through stuff. <laughs> so when I'm sick of just driving around randomly, I might forward the story. But this one even has driving tests. You go to a driving school, you do a test. It also gives you an achievement for driving on every single road. So just driving around will get you something. Which actually became an obsession in the first game for me. (laughs) I remember sitting there going, all the roads are on the map, and when you've drove down them, they coloured them in in blue. Well, there's hundreds of roads, thousands of roads. Little streets and little back alleys. And I'd got like 97%, and I I was 3% missing, and I was like, oh, I can't see which bit is not blue, and eventually I got it. And you get an achievement, you know, so... It's a cool game, anyway. Uh, and the rest of the stuff I've mentioned, which was... It's Snowing and The King's Speech. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what have you got for this week? What's for dinner? What's for dinner is curry, vegetable curry and rice, which all I have to do is heat up now, which is fantastic. Oh, yeah, we made crock-pot curry yesterday. Correct. And it's delicious, isn't it? And uh, I made this tofu dessert kind of stuff. It's... Silken tofu with orange, lemon, banana, cranberries, and it's really delicious. It's kind of like pudding, like lemon, banana, pudding. Kind yeah, of it does taste pretty good. It's really good. And then whatever your graham chocolate cookies. Um, uh, I also wanted to mention this Jelly drawing bread. this drawing that I did to represent like form, which is one of the elements of I like of how art. you're holding it towards the microphone <laughs> so everybody can no, I'm see. I'm holding it up to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it is... Um, a lady, a form of a lady. She's very round, and you say she looks like a jelly baby. Which, if, if you're British, you're gonna know what that means. So I just think that's really funny that you're. I'm sitting there drawing this modeled woman, which is kind of like the combination of a fertility goddess and like a representation of you know a round woman such as myself. Uh, she may be a little bit rounder than me, but. And sort of this sort of a confidence, but then there's a little shyness. But you inst- and I'm thinking of all these things, and I want to make it modeled so she looks three-dimensional and smooth and like a little statue maybe because I'm doing this daily um, kind of write-up recipe thing for a friend of mine, and I'm doing a drawing every day of February. And you look at it and go, no, she looks like a jelly baby. A female jelly baby. <laughs> it's like, it's it does. Jelly- you can't <laughs> deny that it looks like a jelly baby. <laughs> that's true. Once you showed me what jelly babies look like. <laughs> So I just think that's it. That's what art is all Maybe about. Maybe you should call it Jelly Baby. Uh, she might be called Jelly Baby, but she's not a Jelly Baby. That's just your interpretation. But I think it's really funny that I just been Jelly Lady. <laughs> I got it. I think, okay, I'll call her that. Jelly Lady. No problem. All right. And then my other thing is, of course, the meaning of life, which that kind of sums it up, really. Everybody's got their own perspective. Jelly Lady. <laughs> jelly Lady. It's <laughs> good. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, it's good when you come up with an idea. Like Facebook, I come up with Jelly Lady. A <laughs> <laughs> big, giant, life-size ladies. My guy comes jelly. up with Facebook, I come up with Jelly Lady. I came up with Jelly Lady. Well, you, you came, just gave I came her up a name. name. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, um, yeah, so uh, we're, we're going to go now so we can we're go. We're good, we're done, yeah. So we can go and do some Facebooking. <laughs> Is that what they call it? Hey, I don't, you know, you can knock it all you want, or you can abuse it all you want, or you might think it's just some bullshitty thing where you can stalk people or whatever but I'm telling you now I communicate with and am um, in contact with loads of people without having to directly be in contact with them who I know I don't 
fan, I don't have friends on Facebook who aren't people that I physically know or I know their parents or I know their children or something like that. All personal people, right? There may be a few leftover Mafia Wars people on there, but I'll ditch them if I ever find them on my list. But they're actual people I know. So when I see, boom, here's my daughter's prom, I know that person and I'm glad to see it. I might never see that shit. So... However you use Facebook, if you want to thumb your nose at it, or if you abuse it and you sit your butt all day long and you shouldn't be on it all the time, just like that jelly lady, <laughs> everyone interprets it their own way. And you can probably see that on Facebook if you want, right? I think, no. I think Facebook is a tool, and I use it just like I would a phone or like a email. I use it to communicate with and keep in touch with people. All right, so that's it for this week. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank I want to you. Re- remind you about our websites, uh, aschoolie.com, sitar.com. <clears throat> you can catch us both on Twitter, Facebook. <laughs> Not me. I won't be your friend, but unless I know you. Um, Xbox Live, YouTube, etc., etc., etc. You can subscribe to this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the RSS Music... No, the RSS... Feed? <laughs> the RSS um, Music Store. RSS Music Store, yeah. Yes. You can, or the iTunes Music Store. Or just go to aschoolie.com. Or the RSMA Scully. Go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. That's where you'll find all the <laughs> subscription options. You can email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She hates you. I do not hate you. Uh, she'll hate you on Facebook. I won't hate you on Facebook. Okay, is there a hate you button? Or I don't like you? Dislike you? No. No, should be. I think that's just asking for trouble from the ignorant people who don't know how to do anything. I want to say stay classy, um, Mark Zuckerberg, and thank you for bringing us Facebook. I I actually am a supporter of Facebook. I thought maybe you'd say stay classy Colin Firth, because he was fantastic. But whatever. Skip over him. Just ignore him. And I'm going to say think for yourself, everybody, because there may be a jelly lady in your life. It's up to you to decide. (laughs) Think for yourself or someone will do it for you.